This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That's right. It's a very special edition of Judd's Keys to a Vikings Victory, a birthday edition of Judd's Keys to a Vikings Victory today on Mackie and Judd, plus action movie rewind and a wrap with Roycey. Quick shout out to Federated, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. So uh, you can find a full list of industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. You can also follow them on Twitter now, at Federated INS, for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics that could impact your business. Federated is here standing behind you, a business owner, during maybe the most difficult year of, uh, of owning a business. Let's face it, 2020 has just been ridiculous. So just remember, at Federated Insurance, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The Bears are a really good defense, and uh, our uh, chances of being successful and having a, a strong day against them from an offensive perspective is Certainly, you know, a large part of that will be how we run the football. And um, if we can run it effectively, consistently throughout the game, it certainly gives us a much better chance to have a strong day on offense. Yeah, I think football is such a game of momentum that when you can get that momentum early by scoring points and getting a lead, it really helps. I think our defense plays well when we have a lead also. So uh, you try to start fast in every game. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And, and honestly, if, if it doesn't happen on Monday night, then you still have to, you know, regroup and find a way to, to – uh, to get get it get it done, you know, later in the game, but uh, certainly want to come out uh, as fast as we can early. I think that's really important. <laughs> what? We're already derailed. <laughs> what, what did he just say? He's he's setting up. He's just making sure that we know that. Hey, like we're definitely going to try and start fast on Monday night. But I mean, let's face it. I'm zero eight on Monday night or whatever I am zero and nine. I might start slow, so just relax. If I start slow, you know what? there's still a second half. You That's know what Cook sounds saying. like, boys? Declan after his first date going into the second date? No. Listen, it was kind of a train wreck. It, it was kind of a train But listen, but, we're going to give it our best. Right. See what happens. No, Kirk sounds like a guy who has not been fully informed of the game plan yet. Kirk sounds like a guy who they're they're like, uh, yeah, you know what, Kirk, come back. We'll tell you. Saturday night. Because here's the thing. Hand off to Dalvin first play. The second play, hold on a second. Wait for it. It's going to be really exciting. You're going to hand off to Dalvin. He's going to go the other way. Yeah. Then the third play, you are going to drop back, but you're not going to have the football. 
because you're going to hand off to Dalvin before that. Yeah. And then on the fourth play, which will be another first and 10 from the Chicago Bears 20-yard line, because Dalvin has already run for 45 yards and oh, yeah. uh, four first downs. Oh, yeah. Uh, or three first downs, you're going you're gonna to take the snap. You are going to drop back like you're going to pass, but it's a draw play. You're just going to hand it to Delvin. <laughs> and, then, and then he's going to run for a touchdown. Kirk, it's going to be great. Kirk is the 12-year-old kid that you've got to convince the day is going to be exciting, despite the fact <laughs> that you know it's not. But he'll rebel. So you've got to say, you know what, Kirk, this is going to be a great day for you. I feel like he needs to, like, I was, all, I was all for that second soundbite when he's like, listen, we got to start hot. we got to get out there. It's a tough place to win. I'm not, you know, you can sort of translate. I'm not very good on Monday nights. You know, he's kind of t- t- talking himself into it. But then but then when he hedges and he's like, you know, ah, but uh, we might not start fast. It's okay. Kirk, can you play that again have some confidence. Sure. Yeah, I think football is such a game of momentum that when you can get that momentum early by scoring points and getting a lead, it really helps. I think our defense plays well when we have a lead also. So uh, you try to start fast in every game. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And, and honestly, if, if it doesn't happen on Monday night, then you still have to, you know, regroup and find a way to to uh, to get get it get it done, you know, later in the game. But uh, certainly want to come out uh, as fast as we can early. I think that's really important. <laughs> I love. I love. I need him. Did anyone ask him about the the high school musicals? Do we know? Did Not any, to my knowledge. Did anyone grill him on Jazz Hands McGee? Oh, that would have been fun. I would love to hear that one. <laughs> so Kirk. I would love to hear Kirk. He would love that too. He'd probably be like, "Yeah, Kirk, can you uh, lead role in all plays? Sing us a few lines, Kirk. Just uh, g- give us a few bars. So, how's how's Judd's Keys doing here? Judd's Keys." Is uh, 51 years old today. Yeah, Judd's Keys is hanging in there. Judd's Keys is getting old. Judd's Keys is tired. Is Judd's Keys going to go out for some celebratory dinner tonight, or is the pandemic raging too much? Does Keys even care about the pandemic? No, no, no. Keys does not, but I do. I'm going, I might go to the Gopher football game, okay? I might. But beyond that, no bars, no restaurants, no nothing. I think we. We were supposed to go out socially distanced with some friends on Sunday, and I, I told the wife last night, we, no. Wow, you're balking at the... No, it's too... You're balking it's, at your friend's keys. It's crazy. Keys it's, is antisocial. It's craziness. Let's just say that if you were an antisocial sort, and I'm, I'm not confirming or denying it, let's just say that the latest uh, bout of COVID-19 has uh-huh. given you cause to... Alert people that you might not be available for a substantial period of time. You know how I know that the that the pandemic is very real and it's very much raging throughout the state of Minnesota right now. I went to Cub Foods, our Cub Foods. I love that Cub Foods. To. Oh yeah. I went to Cub Foods, pick up some groceries the other night, masked up, you know, just trying to keep my distance from people. Mm-hmm. And I went to go. We this is soup season, and yep. we enjoy ourselves some <laughs> brothy soups, some vegetable soups, some Absolutely. chicken noodle soups. Soup season. It is. Here. I know. All of the chicken noodle soup was gone from the shelves. Oh no! So either either people are getting sick and need chicken noodle soup to help them recover, mm-hmm. or the hoax has gone an extra step, and there are people going into these grocery stores to make it look like people are sick and buying out all of the chicken noodles. It's a scare tactic. It's a scare tactic. Yep. Those libs, man, everything that they can do, now they're buying soups. That's yep. ridiculous. So uh, let's get into Judd's, I'm assuming, four keys four to keys. a Vikings victory here. One for each quarter. Against the Chicago Bears. Now, the game's not till Monday night, so we're still going to have a few shows up until then. And by the way, I can confirm. Yep. 
Steve Levy, the voice of oh. Monday Night Football, is going to join us for a Monday morning episode of Purple okay. Day that we're going to post to uh, podcast. Nice. And we're going to uh, rock that on YouTube as well. Also, so. uh, former friend Rami Makloff will be joining the Purple Daily brand for a preview well, on Sunday as well. A little scorn or live reunion. Current friend. Still, cur- yeah, still, cur- still current, current friend. friend of the show. I don't know. I mean, That's I haven't okay. cut him out. Right. I don't know. Like, he doesn't he work had, with us, but I don't. He had some takes on Pineapple former. Express, too. So, uh so, yeah, oh, wow. we, we were sharing some takes last night. Rami did? Yeah, Rami. Never. Right. Can you imagine me and Rami really enjoying the movie Pineapple no. Express? Seth Rogen film? No. Amazing. Uh, so, all right, let's, uh, we'll get to Pineapple Express and uh, Judd's Keys all to right, start all right, with. All right. As, a Vikings victory. We will start from the bottom as we always do. We've got it printed out because, you know what, you can't do keys off a computer screen. Key number four, starting from the bottom and working our way up. Headline, nothing special. The Vikings' Britton Colquitt had not one, but two punts blocked on Sunday. And now to add to the special team's um, issues for your Vikings, long snapper Austin Cutting is on the COVID-19 list. Now, it's been reported, I think, by the Pioneer Press that he actually doesn't have it, that he was exposed to someone who did. So much like Matthew Stafford, after five days, if he's cleared, he can play. So there is a chance that he can play. But as far as the block punts go, one block punt in a game is not good, but it's like, okay, you got a punt blocked. It might sort of been weird. Two punts seems to tell me that the Detroit Lions of all teams, godforsaken Detroit, uh, saw something that they found that they could expose with what the Vikings were doing blocking-wise on the punts. Um, if you if your long snapper is not your ordinary one, that's going to add a curveball to the equation in Chicago. Um, let's just say that if there's nothing special, Phil Mackey, from the Vikings on Monday night at Soldier Field, it might be an issue because don't forget, football is three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Ordinarily, I would watch a couple of blocked punts and think, my God, that's a huge problem going forward. I feel like it was fluky. Like, I don't think you can project block punts. And now in college, I think you can. Mm-hmm. Because I think there, there's a chance that sometimes you're just like overmatched physically. Um, this seemed to be some schematic things that they can clean up. Now, uh, Dan Bailey, let's let's check on uh, check in on Dan Bailey. We haven't talked a whole lot about the Vikings' kicking situation this year. Yep, he's only attempted eight field goals in eight games so far this year, which is pretty amazing. He's he's made six of eight, surprisingly low. Yeah, so seventy five percent. He has missed one extra point, but. That's just a shockingly low total of field goals. So what it tells me is the Vikings are actually scoring touchdowns and or just not making it into field goal range. They're also going for it. Like some of those fringe field goal ranges, when you get like to the 35-yard line or the 40-yard line, you could kick a long field goal. The Vikings are actually going for it on a lot of those fourth and shorts too. Mm -hmm. So that could lead to uh, Dan Bailey not kicking as many field goals. Uh, And and I believe the extra point that he missed – which was was it after the Vikings' first or second touchdown on Sunday against Detroit? Was, second one was a terrible snap. Was an awful snap. Austin Cutting, get your act together. Get well. Key number three. Hold on, I got to find the headline to this one. Oh, here it is. Yeah, not bad. Here's the point: the Bears can't score. The Bears' offense is absolutely awful. Twenty ninth in the National Football League. Averaging going into this game, 19.8 points per game. Nick Foles is now 2-4 uh, and four as the Bears' starting QB. So he has certainly not been the answer to the Bears' problems. Now, the Vikings' defense is 25th in the league, uh, 
giving up 29.3 points per game. But here's the key. Here's the key, pun intended, wow, to this point. Wow. wow. In starting 1-5, and five, the Vikings gave up an average of 32 points per game. Okay? Since the bye in beating the Packers and then Detroit on Sunday, the average in the past two games, which of course are both wins for the Vikings, has been 21 points per game. A strong defensive effort by the Vikings in this game, even just starting from the schematic standpoint, should not be that big of ask. So no matter what, this should be a close game. If the Vikings struggle offensively, because the Bears' offense itself is among the most atrocious in the National Football League, despite being coached by a guy who is an offensive yeah, guy. Yeah, it's, it's Brad Childress, Vikings 2.0, reincarnated in Chicago here. It's uh, it's everything. It's the play chart. It's the weird, Should Keith sort of do conservative the rest of the, offense. Should I pull the play chart up? Sure. Yeah, do I think you need a smaller one so that you can get, you know have Hold an on. ode to Musgrave, too. But right. I saw this nugget on Twitter like two days ago, and I don't think I'm getting this wrong, and I don't even know who tweeted it. So maybe this is a reckless nugget here. Bears in the third quarter offensively this season, in the third quarter, have scored seven points and have turned the ball over seven times. I saw this too. It's accurate. Think about that. I know. They've played nine games, right? Yes. They're, they're five and four. They've played nine games. They've scored seven points in the third quarter, and they've turned the ball over seven times. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. You have to work to be that horse bleep. Like, that's hard to but, do. But, like, I'm trying to think in my life, the Bears have never... Basically, since Walter Payton retired, I mean, 1985, the Bears had a somewhat explosive offense because they just, like, ran the ball down teams' throats, but they also just had good field position all the time because their defense was the greatest of all time. Yep. I was born in 1985. I don't ever remember the Bears being scary offensively, ever. Like, the, even with Jay Cutler having a couple good seasons, it was always, oh, well, the Bears are going to score 17 I'm points. trying to think back. Um, They've never been an you know explosive what? offense. You know what? The only time that the Bears, since you were born, have been explosive was on special teams with Hester. Right. Like, like that's that the was only their time. Offense. Yes. Like, he was, he was the guy on punts and kicks. Yeah, that's true. And then once in a while, Rex wow. Grossman would find Bernard Berrien <laughs> down the field for, like, a 70-yard touchdown. And, that, and then the Vikings it. stole Berrien, and it turned out to... Never mind. Yeah. All right. Key number two. Key number two, Dalvin and the backups. So in high school, Kirk was the man, right? In the high school plays, Kirk was the man. And he had the backups, right? So this was the. So, Is that so his do up. Uh, that's the name of his acapella group. Yes. So Kirk was the man in high school plays. In the National Football League, it is Dalvin and the backups. I like it. Is that is that like Dion and the Belmonts? Exactly. Yes. Exactly okay. right. Exactly right. Now here here is the here is the most important thing I can tell you of all the things I'm going to tell you in Judd's keys to a Vikings win against the Bears on Monday night. Here's the most important thing that I can tell you right now, and I want you to listen, everybody, including th- those of you who listen to Keys at TCO Performance Center in Egan. Don't let the understudy ruin this play. Don't let the understudy, and make no mistake, that is Kirk. 0-9, to Phil's point from before, in Monday night games. Okay? Do not, please, do not, much like the Twins' lack of playoff success, don't say, quarterback wins mean nothing, small sample size. If he loses on Monday, he's 0-10. This is in his head. 
We can't dismiss this. If he was 0-3, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. It is an NFL record, though. The ineptitude. The ineptitude. Kirk, as a member of the Vikings, has yet to win a game in Chicago. What have we figured out about Kirk? Things get in Kirk's head, right? Monday nights. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Chicago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Okay. I can't. And Dalvin comes along and says, dude. I got you. I got you, and I'm the lead in the play. You've got two lines, baby. I got 75 lines. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm with keys on this one. Exactly right. Exactly right. Short but effective passes. He has averaged, in the past two wins, Kirk has averaged 17 passes per game. Keep it at that. Well, wait, you're saying you want Kirk to throw short passes? I want Kirk. I want Kirk to go deep when he throws. I Go, to, go deep to Justin Jefferson when he throws. I want Kirk to throw about 17 to 20 passes. He can have a couple deep shots. But I also want short passes to Delvin. I want to do everything I can to keep the focus where the focus has been. This is the problem. Okay, he- I don't. I don't think he has the capability in this environment. Now he could hit a couple, but I don't think he, he's got the capability to embrace what we want. This has been Phil my struggle all week long with one guy, Justin Jefferson. I want more, but I realize he doesn't have the guy to give him more. So, all right. So, let's say, uh, and I think this has happened in a couple movies and TV shows. So, you've got Dalvin and the backups, and that's your that's your cast, right? Let's say, let's say a bad guy dressed in I don't know orange and uh, dark navy slash black with a C on their helmet, named Khalil, number fifty two, takes the lead out of the play, pulls a pulls a uh, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, and says, we aren't, we aren't, we aren't going to let Dalvin." even approach center stage in this play, then what? Then who takes Dalvin's oh, place as the lead in the play? I continue. Is it, does it become the Alex Madison play? Here, no. 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 Here, it's the Kirk Cousins play. No, here's the important thing. Bears offense so bad that they can't, that they should not be able to score-wise create separation. Dalvin maintains the lead, and this can become, in, in fact, this is in key one, but I will give you a preview. This could be the Adrian Peterson famine, famine feast game for Dal oh. for da- Dalvin. So stick keep, with keep, stick keep with what wood. stick with what got you here. Keep are, chopping wood. Are you saying you don't trust this guy? Morning. Oh, what a beautiful this is I like the film music. I don't believe you. Wow. Who's singing the bass there, man? That's some, Let's find that's some heavy bass Let's there. find him. That's good. All right. Pretty Dalvin. And, and what's key number one to a Vikings win over the Chicago Bears? Off of the clip that Dex just played, which is perfect, I am going to take the opportunity here to give you a little tune. Everything's coming up rushes. Oh Everything's going Dalvin's way. 369 yards on the ground in the past two games, including 206 against the Lions. The Bears, now the Bears are top 10 in total defense. The Bears are top 10 against the pass. And they are very respectable, but not outstanding, 14th against the run. They are going to sell out to stop Cook. I'll go back to what I said in key two. In my opinion, 
unless something goes very wrong, the Bears are not going to be able to create the sort of, let's say, two touchdown to 17-point separation that would cause the Vikings to panic and say, we have to pass now. Mm -hmm. I think this remains a close game. I think that the Bears probably have some success in stopping Cook, but I really, I'm not joking around and saying I think that there's a case to be made that this is, from the Peterson playbook, the famine, famine, feast game. Because I think if you continue to feed Cook in the way that he's going right now, that eventually he will he will come back and actually wear the Bears down for a few big plays. That's key one. Those are Judd's four keys. I give you a little tune. A birthday keys to a Vikings victory. Uh, I found it here, too. So we were wondering about Bears' offensive yeah. futility. This is great. Um how do you know what I found? The the bear splits of the of the quarter. No, but did you find what? that? Yes, I did. Is it is it seven Let's points? Hear, Let's hear it it's all. it's one touchdown in the third quarter. <laughs> That's it. And then a quarterback rating wow. of forty eight. However, wow. however, they do play very good in the fourth quarter. They yeah, have when they're down by twenty, they have a classic Kirk disease. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I buy the Bears in the fourth oh, quarter. Man. So here's here's what I dug up for you guys because mm. I again like I was born right when Walter Payton retired basically is when I remember Bears football I remember Bears football starting with John Harbaugh and Mike Tomzak and the end of the Mike Dick era Harbaugh. yeah sorry uh, Jim Harbaugh oh yeah Todd uh, Scott game and then into like the the carousel of quarterbacks right and then Dave Wanstead so since Walter Payton retired can you guys tell me of all of those seasons so that's like thirty five seasons of Bears football. What's the highest they've ranked in the NFL in uh, in offensive yards in the season? Um, I'll say fifth. I'll just say maybe they cracked the top five. I'm going to say if he's if he's throwing out this, it's going to be below that. Um, fifteenth. So it's eighth. They, okay. This I'm going to give you the Bears. This is uh, and again, this is just like total yards. So it's sometimes it can uh-huh. be deceiving, but this is where the Bears have ranked offensively in total yards in my life. Starting this year, 29th, 29th, 21st, 30th, 15th, 21, 21, 8th. So let's count the top 10s. 1, 28th, 24th, 30th, 23rd, 26th, 27, 15, 29, 32nd, 28th, 29th, 26th, 23rd, wow. 8th in 1999. 99, 99, okay. That would have been Dick Duran was the head coach. Oh, yeah, Dick Duran. The leading passer was Matthews. Shane Matthews? Oh, yeah. I think he Shane played for Washington, Matthews. right? Played for the, I think he played for Washington. Their leading rusher was Curtis Enos. Oh, yeah. And Marcus, Marcus Robinson was their leading receiver? Yes. Yeah. Because he, he was good for them. Yeah, good. he was pretty good for them. 21st, 17th, 21st, 9th in 1995 with Rashan Salam as the leading rusher. Yep. With Jeff Graham, the leading receiver. And Eric Kramer, the leading passer for that team. Eric Kramer, wow. 23rd, 28th, 8th again, 1992. That was Harbaugh, Anderson, a couple others. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just like outside the top 10 in the years after. So three times in my life, the Bears have cracked the top 10 in offensive yards in a season. And they have. That's unbelievable. To your point, never scared you. No. Because, like, there's nothing there. Th- those names, there's not one name there where you're like, oh, yeah, oh, him. I Dude. forgot about him. Eric Good Kramer. Guys. I did not forget about Eric Kramer. Good God. So, Judd's keys to a patience. Vikings victory. I'm, I'm pleading for patience in Chicago. <laughs> it can work for you if you wanted to.
Are you guys ready for some action movie rewind? Should we roll right into it here? Or as soon some, as I stop playing the NFL oh, films music. Or, or we can keep our half-hour NFL films music looped, which we do have, by the way. We have a half-hour of NFL films music Just, looped if anybody wants it yeah, for nice. a Christmas gift. Right now we're going to get to the next caller, Dale Denton. Hey, Sam. Big, huge fan. First-time caller. Here's my piece. All right. If marijuana is not legal within the next five years, I have no faith left in humanity, period. Everyone likes smoking weed. They have for thousands of years. They're not going to stop anytime soon. You know, it makes everything better. It makes food taste better. It makes music better. So you can't call the flipping police. They scary. were the murder. They were the murder. Angie, I swear to God, you, do you do something or I'm going to. No, don't. Don't let him going to. No, don't want to. Look, we got to get the F out of here. Let's go. We need to begin to prematurely evacuate. Are you high? What? No, I'm not high. What? You are high as a f- kite. I'm not high. Let's go. We're not going anywhere. I'm coming back in a minute. You know what I'm coming back with? No, what? I'm coming back with a gun. You better be out of here. Robert- Your gun? His gun? Why do you have a- Don't get a gun. Why would he bear arms? Look, no. We need to go. Everyone, I'm leading the parade. Welcome to the party, pal. Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother- Sorry, Ted. Cuban serve. <laughs> what I'm gonna do besides staying in my home for fear that you've designed some object I'm around? I'm gonna be on the radio talking about life. Oh, giving lessons about Put life. Put me in my place. I'm gonna be designing buildings, and what's he gonna be doing? Boring people death on the radio. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. The 34th installment here, if I'm counting correctly, on Mackie and Judd. Every Friday, we dive in and we review action movies. We put uh, a handful up for vote. You help us pick the movies as of three episodes ago. And gentlemen, uh, Pineapple Express from 2008 won the vote this last week. This is the first time I have ever seen this movie. Judd Zolgad, first time? First time for me, too, yes. Declan, you've seen this before? Numerous times. Okay, this is one of Declan's uh, go-to movies. Yeah. Sounds like. Good movie. So we're going to put this through the action movie Rewind Ringer, and we'll start with the movie summary. Stoner Dale Denton, who's Seth Rogen, his enjoyment of a rare strain of marijuana may prove fatal when he drops his roach in a panic after witnessing a murder. Upon learning that the fancy weed can be traced back to them, Dale and his dealer, James Franco, go on the lam with a dangerous drug lord, that's Gary Cole and crooked cop Rosie Perez hot on their heels. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, a $26 million budget turned into over a hundred million dollars at the box office. And this movie had a ton of like early two thousands movie and, and comedy movie stars, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Danny McBride, Gary Cole, otherwise known as Lumberg from office space, Bill Hader at the beginning of this movie and uh, Ken Jeong was the leader yeah. of the Asian drug gang <laughs> yeah. before. I think this is maybe before yeah, pre hangover blew up in the hangover. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was produced by Judd Apatow. And even though technically this movie is classified as an action movie because it's a chase movie and there's uh, there's shooting and things like that. Judd Apatow is not an action movie producer. He produces movies such as 40 year old virgin knocked up. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. This is 40, Trainwreck, and all kinds of, like, basically anything Seth Rogen was in in, like, the early yeah. 2000s. Judd Apatow uh, probably had something to do with it. So 
Judd Zolgab, we'll start with you. Your key takeaway from Pineapple Express. My key takeaway was this. I enjoyed it. Um, if I was 25 and smoked dope, I would have loved it. Um, but it fit in. So I, I think if you've seen if you've seen the the Rogan and Company films from that time period, which I've seen a few, it made perfect sense because it's like they just kept making enough to keep m- making more films. So my key takeaway was I, I was uh, skeptical going in that it was going to be an action film, but it definitely turned out to be. I thought I had seen parts, but I definitely had not. You know what, though? But all right, I'm going to interject here. Yeah. That's because every Seth Rogen movie is very similar. Yes. Yeah. He's like, he's literally playing but, the same <laughs> character in every movie. It's just like but a, here's a slightly what, different job that he has or something. <laughs> but, he, but here's where, here's what I like, okay? It's not the films. It's that those guys, that group would always get so stoned and have so much fun that it was fun to watch. Sorry, so can we confirm James they were Franco, actually stoned while filming this movie, oh, most likely? They have to no be, question. But Franco, Rogan, McBride, it's clear that, that they basically spend their entire day of shooting films trying to trying to cause the the uh, guys to laugh, which they do, and I'm sure that they are stoned out of their minds. But that my takeaway was this fit in perfectly with that genre at the time of films, in which case I think these guys didn't have a care in the world besides smoking pot and trying to make films. <laughs> Dax, what was your key takeaway from this movie? It's just a great cast, and it's it's very on brand with the with the time of years it was. Like it, it, it is, it's it's the first one really of like the super bad and <laughs> and uh, obviously all, all the all the movies that you went down with Judd Apatow. But it, it it blends perfect together between like a, a goofy buddy comedy and an action film because like I said, Judd Apatow really just has a specialty of making like you know funny movies like this that we've seen a, a great run of, and he's one of my favorites. But this one does a really good job of also blending in a little bit of action and putting a little twist on it. And even a guy like James Franco, who like was a and is a good actor, he still is a good actor, but he really this one I think was what the, made his career take off. And he even he gets nominated for best supporting actor for this film. I don't know if he wait, won an Academy wait, Award. This dude was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Yes, he won. He was nominated what? for best supporting actor at the Academy Awards for this film. Hold on, a second. I gotta look this up. Fact, we can fact check this, but I'm. What was what? I want to know what the movie slate was in 2008, where they put a stoner movie uh, sidecar character in. He did a phenomenal job. He's unbelievable. He's. He's my favorite. He's my favorite character in the entire movie. Okay, by far. I mean, let's pump the brakes a little. Like he played a stoner for a couple hours. He wasn't but like he wasn't playing. He wasn't Marlon Brando in a streetcar right, named right. Desire or something. No, no, no. <laughs> right, right, but it plays really well. <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep going. You got it. But 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 those are, those would be my main takeaways. Just the fact that you have a guy like James Franco who is who is playing a really good drug dealer, and then just the the camaraderie between him and Seth Rogen, like the buyer and the supplier. It is. It's very accurate. I love it. So this would have been the two thousand, probably the two thousand nine uh, Academy Awards. I'm looking it up too. I, we can't go any further until we know if that's true. If James Franco won or was nominated, so this would be Best Supporting Actor. Two thousand nine, two thousand eight. He wasn't listed. Two thousand nine. Oh, um, Golden Globe. 
Golden Globe. Golden Globe for best okay. actor. Okay. I was going to say, like, not the Academy Okay, Golden Awards. Globes make sense. I yeah, was like, Golden the Academy Globe. Awards would never even acknowledge a movie. Like, there's the Academy Awards probably don't even acknowledge that Seth Rogen exists. Yeah. So This is James Franco's first <laughs> stoner comedy buddy like, Oscar. Can you, can you imagine? Um, all right, my main takeaway, and this is more a me thing. I don't want this to, to necessarily, like, derail the discussion or to taint this movie for other people. This is a me thing. Movies like this give me anxiety. And so while I <laughs> I see how people can enjoy stoner movies. Yeah. Stoner movies for me, like the like the bumbling idiot stoner movies for me, <laughs> give me anxiety. Like living in a filth house gives me anxiety. And making ridiculously like irresponsible decisions as an adult gives me anxiety. Really? The idea of like being in the woods when you should be at work gives me anxiety. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm I'm not I would say that I'm not the most uptight on the show. I think Judd gets more like yeah. Judd's probably more like particular about things that he wants in his life to be in a certain order. Um but like that's cuz I'm nuts though. <laughs> and well you that's said That's not you my like, fault, that's my brain's fault. You also like have said you have to go like check the door five yeah. times oh, before yeah, bedtime yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like you're yeah. more OCD than I am. Oh, I'm way. definitely OCD. But like movies like so I'm watching this and I I get it. It was entertaining. Um I I'm I do like Seth Rogen, but for two hours, I couldn't help but think, oh, my God, why are you destroying your phones? That's stupid. Okay, um, well, why are you guys getting high when you're trying to figure what? out, like, how to avoid this drug lord? This is stupid, too. And it wasn't that the movie was, like, I get what they were doing with the movie. I'm saying it's my own personal problem. When I see people who live that way, it gives me anxiety. So you, so. Can't, so you can't disassociate your own personality to watch a film like that? No, I can't. To sort of, like, get inside It was just, of- like, two hours of it, you know? It was like, my God, what do you guys... You guys Go call the cops. What are you guys doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. You seem to be, you seem to look for, for sense where a ton of these films have I know. no sense, which by the way is fine because that's the yeah. point of the film. I know. I understand that. But like. Suspend your belief. Okay. Let, well, I'll save my other takes for as we go around the room <laughs> that's here. That's a great take. I like it. Let's go back to Judd here. What was your favorite part about Pineapple Express? Okay. So this is going to sound weird, but my. Favorite part was driven by an actor, Ed Bagley Jr. as Seth Rogen's girlfriend's dad, yeah, with his gun in his house. <laughs> when when Seth com- comes in after being what stranded in the woods all, all night and he's a complete mess, watching Ed Bagley basically play a badass type of guy to me will never not be funny because you know he started what on on. Um, Saying elsewhere, I believe, or okay. or was on that. Like he spent a lot of time being sort of a straight. I thought that role was absolutely hilarious. And and yes, it's weird and perverse, but I am going to say the fact that they thought to write in Rogan's character dating a high school girl, and he's like thirty, and he goes yeah. to her high school to hang out. Is hilarious. Okay, let's unpack that for a second. Yeah. So, because my first question was going to be, how old is Seth Rogen? Is he is he supposed to be twenty four? Is he supposed to be thirty? I was guessing thirty ish. And we're assuming she's eighteen, right? Oh yeah, but but is it confirmed there's, that there's she's eighteen? No confirmation. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, the line at one point when he, he when he is chastising the teacher. Or, or the guy that likes his girlfriend in the hallway at high school. Yeah, I think he, that was like the high school. They talk about guy. going yeah. to college next year. Yeah, so I'm yeah, pretty but she sure she could still be 17. Oh, sure, sure, but I think she's a senior. Okay, like 
Put some respect on the storyline. Put some yeah. respect. She's at least 17, okay? It was it was hilarious. Put some respect on it. Put some respect on that part of the, of the storyline. But I'm guessing he's around 30, wouldn't you, Declan? Yeah, I would say he's probably late 20s or, or 30 at the most. What would you guys do if, if – and none <laughs> of us hilarious. are parents on the show, but, like, God. if you had a daughter who is a senior in high school and she yeah. was dating – just if she was Which dating I that guy now easily. Oh, I would. You kidding? I'd go crazy. I'd, I'd hunt him down. I'd pull a gun out. I'd hunt him down. That's what I liked so so much about that scene. But that scene I thought was hilarious. When, when he showed up, it was hilarious. When like he bursts in, like you know, for for like different reasons, and then realizes, oh, this was supposed to be the dinner. Yeah, I was tonight. invited to dinner. Yeah. Oh my! And he's like bleeding and has the the suit that's all dirty and smells like <laughs> crap. And I was in the woods. And he tries to talk his way out of it. What actually, to skip ahead, one of my least favorite parts of this movie is that no one indulged in that amazing dinner spread. Well, actually, yeah. uh, the one guy put his hands yeah. in the macaroni the guy, and cheese. Craig Robinson. Yeah. But that looked like a great dinner spread that no one dove into. So, anyways, Declan, your favorite part about Pineapple Express. Okay. My favorite part about this movie is when he first goes to James Franco's place to buy some weed. And just the dialogue and interaction between buyer and supplier of, like, you can tell that Seth Rogen wants to get in and get out of there kind of quick, but at the same time, James Franco's like, no, man, like, stay, hang out with me. Let's watch space stuff. I have two TVs and a radio and all this unique things because that's what a drug dealer has. And then he gets some other, you know, one of his other customers comes up, and he's like, I'm not going to give him the good stuff. I'm going to give him the snickle fritz. So then he gives him the snickle fritz, and, he, and he's in the apartment for maybe 30 seconds, and his one buddy asks if he has Percocets. But then he kicks him out, and like the deal goes by quick. But then James Franco, you know, goes the, the line of lingerers, man. They just they linger around here. I can't confirm or deny that's what it's like when you buy drugs. But I'm just saying it, it hit home a lot, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It's my favorite part. What do you want to bathe in it? I just want to live in here. Yes, you want to be it. Oh my god, I just want to shove it up my nose and have that smell all day. That's amazing. Shove it anywhere you like. Beautiful. <laughs> What's it called? Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Yes, it's this thing like El Nino, this airflow that comes from Hawaii and Canada, and it gets the dirt, mixes it in with the weed in a very special way. It's actually very scientific. I won't go into it right now, but I am the only guy in the whole city that has it. Only ten bones more for a quarter. Okay, I'll take a quarter. All right, you're on. <laughs> I, I just loved that. That whole scene is my favorite. It was my favorite part of the movie. Just them joshing and, and being hilarious. I've I, I got the su- the supporting actors in mm-hmm. the Golden Globes. I think this is right that he went up against. Well, why is he not listed here? When I click on it, two thousand uh, the sixty sixth annual. Oh, actually, it was uh, best performance by an actor. So it's not saying a not supporting actor. It's just like actor. Apparently, they're giving him a, 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 the lead actor. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, best performance by actor in emotion. Oh, musical or comedy. So they're calling it. Okay, it's a different category. Uh, so Colin Farrell won that category that year in Bruges. In Bruges. Yeah, I don't know what that movie mm. is. Javier Bardem in uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I have no idea what that is. Brendan Gleeson in Bruges mm-hmm. and Dustin Hoffman in Last Chance Harvey. And then James Franco was the fifth nominee. Colin Farrell won it that year. So I have legitimately James never Franco heard of that. <laughs> James Franco got movies. screwed, you guys. Yeah, he did. Super weird. He did. Um, all right, my favorite part of this movie was I, it was very obvious to me that they were taking the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> framework of scene approach with some of these where, all right, we need to get from here to here in this scene. You guys have two minutes. 
And it was very obvious that they were like improving and playing off each other in in almost all the scenes. I'm sure. Yeah. Like there were some key lines. I love that style of of TV show making and movie making. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm does it almost for awkward amounts of time, where it's almost <laughs> on like purpose, yes. it's yeah. almost like Larry David says, "Just go with me on this," and right. you can tell that like Jeff Green is it Jeff Green that, he, that yeah. he's just like uh, I'll just follow you. But the one that was hilarious, it was pretty obviously uh, an improv line when Gary Cole, the drug lord, uh, Lumberg from Office Space, who's fantastic, is talking to the corrupt police officer who's Hispanic, Rosie it, Perez. Yep, and he says, "So they're like." I think they were like arguing about something at the time, and his closing line was "Say something in Spanish." You know, you want to say something in Spanish. <laughs> like, yes. you know that he threw that out there, and they had to cut it because she was just laughing her ass off. But I, I just love movies, and I love and I love TV shows where they just let funny people. All right, we're, we're gonna. This is where it's starting. We need to get to this point at the end of the scene, and you guys just interact with each other. That was probably my, the, the style of it was probably my favorite. Uh, your least favorite part of Pineapple Express, Judd Zolgad. So you, you just brought up, I, I think, the part that I thought to myself, why was there not more of? Mm-hmm. Gary Cole. Gary great. G- Gary so Cole good. is a gift from God. He's like really this good. guy, this guy, anything he touches project-wise improves. Um, I, I wish that they had found more of a way to incorporate him and and <laughs> use him because his dialogue is just so great and he's hilarious and he's great at playing a scumbag he's great at he's great at so many different roles so my least fa- favorite part was i think you could have easily found a way to incorporate more gary cole which would always be a good thing like there'd be nothing bad about him ha- having more scenes more dialogue more um more of a role so that was my one thing that i didn't get is like if you've got him use him a lot because he's that good dex what was what was your least favorite thing? My, so my only problem with this movie is i i do think it's a little long it's just it's it's i think it's like an hour and 50 minutes the beginning could you could last yes. 15 minutes off the beginning there's, easily. there's very easy parts you could trim off to make this a little quicker i i do think even though like i i think it's a hilarious film and yes it it teeters more on comedy than his action film, even though it blends both well together. Um, I, I think in general, it's about twenty to thirty minutes too long. Cause even <laughs> even towards about like ninety minutes in, I'm like, okay, or even like a little more, like an hour in, I'm like, okay, this is when are we going to get to the good part here? Like now he's meeting a cop who busted him for selling drugs to kids, and like it, it just drags on a little she bit. She was great, though. and she was awesome she too. Was great. She was phenomenal. Like, did we ever find out how she became corrupt? Like, I, I could no. use it like, no, like, like a thirty not. second backstory right. on that. No, we have no idea why. Because I wrote down too, like who was even more villainized? Was it Rosie Perez or was it Gary Cole? Because I feel like it was Rosie. I feel like she was more like Gary Cole is more of a doof. Like he came off as more of a doof, and Rosie Perez was like the corrupt cop that was that had the inner circle yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, you're probably right. Like, I don't know. They, they definitely built up. Like, the scene in the woods took forever and right. stuff. Like, okay, but don't you, you guys both think that this is part and parcel of allowing a group of people who are clearly stoned to basically shoot? Yeah, my, I mean, my point is, I think, I think correct. if you're stoned, you're not like. But John Apatow's not sitting there stoned, is he? No, but I th- maybe. I, I, I get the idea. I get the idea at that time that that group of guys shot films and got incredibly high and thought that was hilarious. We got to have that. Uh, well, and my guess is Judd's like, okay, whatever, that's fine. 
So my least favorite part, I already gave you guys the one. The movie, like stoner type movies and like bumbling idiot type movies just make me. The only one that I can tell (laughs) you I really loved, like the bumbling idiot type movie, was probably Dumb and Dumber. I love that movie when it came out. It's probably the movie that I've watched the most often in my life. Um, but so I, so, part, so the first thing I didn't like is just, I just don't really like stoner movies that much. And I will give you guys later on in this, in this show, the 10 best stoner movies of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. So nice. wait for that. But the other thing I didn't like, and I didn't realize I didn't like it until halfway through the movie. And it wasn't as much about the movie. I'm good with Seth Rogen in small doses. Okay. And hmm. at this point in my life, I pulled up Seth Rogen's filmography i've now seen seth rogan play the same exact character (laughs) in anchorman in the 40 year old virgin in you me and dupree in knocked up in super bad in let's see what else uh you see this is 40 this is 40 yeah it's a good one it's probably like three or four other ones too this is the end yep oh this is the end it's classic the night before, a bad Michael Sarah when they kill him is one of even, my favorites. Even even Sausage time. Party as a voice, it's like, all right, right. I get it. It's the, it, this is a Seth Rogen movie, like totally get it. <laughs> I've probably seen nine Seth Rogen movies multiple times going into this, and I was just kind of like, oh, it's uh, it's Seth Rogen. Yep, he's he's got the five o'clock sloppy shadow, and he hasn't changed his clothes in three days. Like that's Seth Rogen. Purposely fat. Kind of just yeah, he's just kind of like slob. he loses weight and then gains it. Yeah, he yeah, that's yeah he's true. like he's just he's like the sloppy stoner man child guy that if I had seen this movie second out of the gate when it originally came out, <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably would think yeah, oh, Seth Rogen is hilarious. He's just like all of us and it's kind of sloppy. So um, I'm just like I'm Seth Rogen doubt is what I will say. Okay, and it's not you, it's me again. So l- let's talk about what went into to the stew at this time of these films because I think it's very, very clear, okay? If it was Franco and Rogan and McBride and those guys exclusively, they were going to be high as kites and shoot all day long and basically beg to, to have their um, stone scenes left in because they thought it was hilarious, all right? Now, the stew, think about this. The stew of Apato coming along and saying, no, 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 boys, you'll be in this film, but it's a comedy and we are going to be and here. And here is the key ingredient to this film was Paul Rudd. So if Paul Rudd, if Paul Rudd was inserted in the stew, it was sort of a comedy hit. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if he wasn't, it, it was a it was still going to be successful with the stoners, but it was going to be much of a free for all of guys who probably came down from their highs. Was Paul Rudd in This Is The End? I don't think he was. Um, I don't think he was. I, Michael, I don't think so. M- Michael Cera be- being a jackass and being killed is absolutely my favorite part. <laughs> that was one like, of the greatest written scenes. I I fell off the couch. It's like one of the most ridiculous movies. It's, it's one of my favorites. It's just like, And it drags on, but that start is just hilarious. <laughs> I love the start uh, of that movie. The other thing to note, so, da- so Danny McBride is in this movie. He's great. And he plays like, I mean... He's I ratting he's ratting them out and then he's yeah. apologizing. He is the same guy. You know, he is always the same guy. He plays the same character in the movie. And he in this this movie, I don't I don't know if Eastbound and Down Eastbound and Down started in two thousand nine, so I don't know if they already had plans to start that show or if because he basically plays Kenny Powers in this movie. <laughs> yes, he Just he's like drug dealing Kenny Powers, and then he right. becomes baseball player Kenny Powers oh, in so Eastbound and Down. And um and I just I I I, I was watching this thinking 
I bet you this is what landed in me spawning down. Like, we want you to play this exact character, but just as a baseball player. Red. So that was pretty funny. He gets shot like eight times, and it has okay, did, no effect. Well, why is he still alive yeah. at the end because of the movie? Because they, they were all too stoned. <laughs> yeah, he gets, I'm telling you. He should be dead. He gets shot twice in the stomach. He survives like a very significant car crash, and yeah, he's just totally fine. <laughs> He's totally fine. Uh, what are before I get to the the list of ten stone, ten best stoner movies of all time? What are some other things that stood out to you guys? Pineapple Express. How about the fact that these guys? Here, can I give you a list of the things that gave me some anxiety? Sure. And you guys can just like yeah. tell, tell me I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I literally started making a list of like all the things that were like you guys. If I was with them, I would just be like apoplectic. Okay. <laughs> First. They just sit around smoking weed all day instead of doing actual things, right? Like, they have no drive whatsoever. They're just, like, going to smoke weed all day and watch game shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, in a panic, after he witnesses the murder, they drive to the woods. They leave the car radio and lights on and drain the battery so the car won't start. And then, I think it was before that, they're worried that the police are going to trace their phones. Yep. And so they destroy one phone and then throw the other one into the woods, and so they can still track it because it's they like do still track, sitting yes. in the woods, yes. right? It's ridiculous. Old school um, phones too. And then, and then uh, when they get to Red's house, Seth Rogen tries to flush Red's home phone down the toilet, which, which is, is ridiculously stupid. Just um, cordless phone. And again, like all these things are like part of the charm of the movie, and they're part of the the humor of the movie. And I'm watching them, just thinking, like, if I had friends like this, I would. I so would, you wanted answers, yeah. <laughs> like, like you you thought things d- didn't. Make sense, which clearly they didn't, but they weren't supposed no, to make no, sense. No, I'm no, not, I'm not mad that they didn't make sense. I'm mad that these that these guys are just like bumbling idiots, and it gives me anxiety and bugs me. And I know that there's there's at least one listener out there that agrees with That's me. That's hilarious. And for that one listener, you and I are tracking. That so. is absolutely Sorry. hilarious. So here's, here's my observation or question about this film, just a small thing. 2008, is that correct? Yes. Yep. In 2008, were there... Really on the streets, that many payphones and phone books left. <laughs> yes, I think so. Yeah, there were. Okay. Yeah, because they keep going were. to payphones. They, they keep finding payphones. I'm like, uh, payphones. It wasn't like it wasn't as big of a deal to just like lose your cell phone in 2008. I think a lot more okay. people had home phones. I was just curious. This is before the iPhone came out, so people weren't texting as much. Like you could text the on Chris your old, Long phone. Yes, yes. The Chris small Long had that until like phone. three years ago. Mm-hmm. It, at one point, it was taped together. Like he literally had like scotch it's gone tape. Now? Oh, yeah, it's gone now. Oh, my God. He couldn't have taken him. that. Poor, no, but poor Chris. That would be a sad day. He had an iPhone for work, and uh, then he had his flip phone oh taped together, scotch tape flip phone. Oh, so sad. That he just couldn't let go. That had to be a tough day for him. Do you guys want this list? Yeah, let's hear Yeah, I do want the list. Okay. This is RollingStone.com, the 10 best stoner movies of all time. Okay. You guys tell me your thoughts here. I haven't seen all these. True Romance, famous Brad Pitt role. No, I haven't seen that one. Ten. I remember the name of the film. I didn't see it. So apparently, according to Wikipedia, I stoner film. Brad Pitt in True Romance mm-hmm. is the inspiration for James Franco's role in Pineapple Express. Okay. He's got the long blonde hair. He's got the ratty t-shirt. Pajama like, pants. Yeah, pajama pants, disgusting house, everything. I've never seen True Romance, but that's the inspiration. Number nine, Soul Plane. Yep. With Snoop Dogg. I've seen Soul Plane. Okay. It's okay. It, it, it probably would belong nine on this list, yeah. I don't remember if I've seen Snoop, it or yeah, not. Snoop Dogg's in it. Stoniest moment, Snoop falls into a drug-induced coma, making the crew worry about whether he's uh, Wilta Chamberlain dead or just Tupac or Tupac dead. All right. Uh, number eight, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I mean, an all-timer. That's eight? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's a little criminally low. I was going to say, that seems low. 
Number seven on the Stoner movie list here, Friday from 1995. Oh, Friday is great. I, Ice Cube, Chris That's Tucker. the film I have not seen yet. Oh, great movie. I also have not Manny seen Manny Hill what? told us that we were crazy. You are crazy. That's, that's a that's phenomenal what, movie. That's what he said. It's a great movie. He was very, very d- disappointed to find out Phil and I hadn't seen that like three years ago. I haven't seen most of these because, again, I don't like Stoner movies. Number six, <laughs> Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Very, yes. very good one. Yes. Saw it in theaters as an 11-year-old with my sister. It was very inappropriate to see. It's been years, but it yes, it was. it's a, it's worth a laugh. Right. Number five, How High from 2001. Oh, how High is... Method Man and Red Man go to Harvard. A, this is a cult classic in, among stoner movies. In fact, I would say it would be on the Mount Rushmore of stoner really? movies. Yes, How High is... With who? Uh, Method Man Re- and, and Red, Red Man. Man. A couple rappers. I've though. never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, I wouldn't expect shocking, you to. No, shockingly. Yeah, yeah. 51 years old and I've never heard of it. I would say it. if you quizzed a... If we could pool a, sto- a group of stoners together, they would put it in their Mount Rushmore. Okay. The synopsis on RollingStone.com here is Method Man and Red Man go to Harvard mm-hmm. after discovering a new kind of chronic that turns yep. them into geniuses. Their secret, using the ashes of their dead friend to fertilize their weed crop. Yes. They score a perfect on their ACT and they get into Harvard. <laughs> it's a great movie. No plot holes. Oh, man. Guess I should see it. Yeah. yeah, Phil, don't watch this. It'll drive you crazy. Number, I know. Number, I, 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 I told you guys. It's, I'm, this makes it, no sense. They're going to Harvard. It's it's me. It's not you guys. It's me. Uh, this is more up Judd's alley. This is from 1980. Cheech and Chong's next movie is four. I have seen list. parts of a bunch of a few Cheech and Chong yeah. films, which, which I think, I believe if I am not speaking out of school here, I think Cheech and Chung originated the stoner film concept. Yeah, they had yeah. Uh, Up in Smoke, yeah. Next up Movie, smoke, and I've Nice seen, yeah. Dreams. And like Godfather and Star Wars trilogies, this one peaks <laughs> with Chapter 2 in the trilogy of okay. Cheech and Chong movies. I don't know I've seen that one. Number three, Pineapple Express Okay, on this list. Makes sense. We'll wow, right it's now. three. That makes sense. Number two. From 1993, yeah. All right, all right, all right. My all-time favorite. Dazed and confused. Oh God, yeah. My all-time favorite movie. It's not I get close. older, they stay the same age. That yes, that might have been wor- worth an Oscar n- n- nomination for McConaughey. Yeah, that one might have been worth that. That's an unbelievable Witterson, film, man. Oh, God, it's a great film. And then can you guys guess the number the one stoner movie of all time according to RollingStone.com? I, I really thought it'd be Dazed and Confused. Um, I don't. I guess. Well, I will say that this this movie I think is one of the most overhyped and overrated movies of all time. Declan, is it super bad? Mm-mm. Okay, good. Um, I I wouldn't have thought of this as a stoner movie, but I guess yeah. I wouldn't know. I don't know. The Big Lebowski. Oh, I can see that. I can see Wait, that. Wait, did you yeah. just say you don't yeah, think you it's don't great? Like that movie? Oh it's, my god, it we, is we the should... most overhyped movie of all time. Oh my god, I have to uh, no. No, we're we're going to have people showing up oh, at our boy. studios, man. We are now in jeopardy. You have put us in jeopardy. Bill, what have you done? Do you know how much the people who love the Big Lebowski Not love like the it. Big Lebowski? Shut oh up. my god! Especially in an era like so, nineteen ninety eight. We're talking about a nineties run Declan. of great co- comedy Duck. movies. Declan. Oh man, early two oh. thousands. Like, why, why don't you like it that much? I just don't like. I, again, I. This just, is a very controversial a beverage statement. here, man. I just. Uh, I just don't really. I don't. I don't really connect with it, man. Oh, the people who love that film, the PMAC doesn't love, abide. Oh Sorry. wow, wow. I mean, I know people that like swear by that film. Yeah, it's so the the write up here, uh, uh, you know, on the it's, in terms of like the Rolling Stone stoner rankings. How does the dude abide? Oh, the usual. I bowl. I drive around. The occasional acid flashback. You definitely don't have to be baked to fall under the spell of. Uh, this classic, but Jeff Bridges turns the dude into the ultimate hippie hero, a hairy, bathrobe-clad American legend. 
It's good knowing he's out there, still hating the Eagles, and still blasting his Credence tapes. Uh, Stoniest moment, the dude gets his car back from the cops and goes for a ride in the sun, a beer in one hand, a roach in the other, turning up the music and drumming on the roof of his car. Like, you're irresponsible. Why are you drinking and driving with Buscemi a Buscemi in that weed? film oh, is also off the charts. <laughs> Leap up, Donnie. One of my favorites. Yeah. So those are your, those are your top ten stoner movies. You ended of that all with time. one of the most controversial statements you could possibly yeah, I, make. I can't believe that. Okay. I, I, I'm surprised that I didn't. We, that Big Lebowski wouldn't be enough. That that makes sense at this number one. Like I would put Days and Confused number one, but I I can understand why it would be views as number one. I get why it's number one. And, yep. and again, I told you guys going into this, I am not a stoner movie fan, and uh, and I don't like any of the movies on this list really. Like Pineapple Express is probably the one I have enjoyed the most out of the ones I've seen on this list. So. You don't even like Days and Confused. Um, I've only seen Days and Confused like once. Oh, so. wow. I watched at least like four. Watch it again. It's yeah. fantastic. Okay. Ben Affleck, Mila Djokovic. It's got a great cast. Okay. All young as yeah, hell, all, too. All very young. Yeah. Great I just cast. like, it sometimes is so like well with done. stoner movies, like, the, now I sound like, I'm just, I, I'm just going to keep going with you this sound, thing, right? yeah, You sound, sound like you turned humor, 51 today. Yeah, like, I don't sound this, ah, the humor, exactly. don't the, put this on me. The humor in stoner movies sometimes is like, it's like, all right, I get it, like, you're stoned and like. Saying random things like it's not that funny. Like that's that's how I but feel. But they think it's funny. That's what makes it funny. And they're high. Like don't these people are high. There's no question in my mind. They are stoned. Like they're not trying to act stoned. They're stoned. Um, all right. Before we get to definitive bad guy rankings in the overall, you guys have anything else on Pineapple Express that we that we should touch on? I don't think I, I love Danny McBride talking about his cat for his birthday. I kind of thought of you because I know how much you love your cat. Daddy's daddy. This is a cake, and it's his birthday, and I'm going to make him a cake. That's what we do. And then you get, I just love the fact you get shot eight times, and yeah. it just continues to go along. I'll cover for you. Go out the back. They're out the back. Go get them. Just eating a pile of eggs at the diner yeah. with four bullet holes in them. All right. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, he is hilarious. Cool. So I have, uh, for the definitive bad guy rankings, I have Ted Jones as the bad guy, because he's the it, Gary Cole's Gary Cole. character is the, yeah. uh, and his name was Ted Jones in the movie, so... Yeah. Um, so far, our rankings are Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Michael Myers from Halloween, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid. Those are the top five. The bottom five, the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, and Sloan from Wanted. Where do we start this conversation here? I'd, he's in the bottom third. He's very low. Yeah. I would, let me keep reading some of these bottom ones. Very right? low. This is from the bottom up, okay? Okay. So Sloan from Wanted, General Hummel from The Rock, who was too cowardly to actually pull the trigger right. on the missiles, right? Good potential, but yes. Bennett from Commando. Bennett. Richie from Out for Justice. Richie! Richie. Anybody seen Richie? Chong Lee from Bloodsport. He did not do well. I think Chong Lee should be ahead. Chong Lee's more so iconic does Trump. for sure. Loves that movie. Told you last week. He's more iconic. Like, like people, I think you know, yeah. they know like the ripped out, like the yeah. roided out. Well, we had just Asian started. Guy. We had just started at the time. And then Lay Sheaf from Casino Royale, the aliens, Independence. So you can't put Ted Jones above any of those. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Keep going. I think he's below Chong Lee. Well, no. The more I go, the more like the better these are going to get. Oh, oh, oh! If you put him last, I don't care. <laughs> I don't like, think he's last. Like the point of this, he's, he's got some like he's got some charm to him. But like, the yeah. point of this film, the point of this film was not to have the bad guy be a person that you cared about. Sure, like it wasn't the bad guys weren't really the bad guys. It's a stoner film. Let's put him right ahead of put cow- cowardly want. General Hummel. Okay, we'll put him just outside the bottom five. Okay, is that fair? Yeah, That's I just fine. yeah. 
That's fine. Actually, it's funny. I think his character in Office Space, Lumberg, would have, ranked, would, would have been a better bad guy oh, in this rankings. Yes. That. How evil is it to make your employees come into a boring cubicle yeah. job on a Saturday? Yeah. You know? We're going to need you to come in on Sunday, too. So, uh, all right. So, so he's near the bottom. And then we get to our 1 through 10 ranking system here. The best action movies we have reviewed to this point, and there's a horror movie in here, too, because sometimes we deviate. Die Hard and Halloween are the only perfect tens we've given. Taken is a 9.5. John Wick, Commando, and Beverly Hills Cop are all a 9 or higher. Pun intended. And the worst movies we have reviewed are Shoot 'em Up at a 2.8, Bloodsport at a 3, Mad Max 2 at a 3.7, Wanted at a 3.8, and uh, Rambo 3 is a 4. So mm-hmm. where would we start this conversation? I... Enjoyed this. It was funny. Um, it, it was technically, obviously, because of all of the shooting and violence and action film. Um, but sort of how I think of these things, too, to right. be fair to that, I would give this a four. But it's not because I didn't like it. It just sort of falls into a four or five. Wow, because I thought when you said you kind of like it, four seems low if you're going to kind of Yeah, like that it. does seem low. Yeah, but it's still, for me, it, it like there wasn't really a bad guy, bad guy. Gary Cole and Perez are the bad guys, but I really don't care. It's a it's a stoner film. It's got action to it. I give it a four or five. Five's fine. A five? Yeah. Okay. Just, just say five right. for me. That's fine. I mean, I, I personally love this movie. It's like one of my all-time favorites. Obviously, I don't think I can rank. If I think it's like, in general, a nine out of ten movie because I really like it, that really, it, I can't say it, that ranking is the same for the action movie cri- critique that we have here. So I would give it, a solid six and a half because I do think it, it's 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 entertaining and it's satisfying and even like look Beverly Hills Cop is is mostly funny too right like there's it's mostly a funny 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 film but I would say with the lack of iconic bad guys and it also being a little long I think it's a six and a half I want to okay. give it a seven but it's a six and a half That's six fair. and a half um obviously I, I didn't Love this movie. I didn't. You were stressed out the whole movie. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, like I didn't. Maybe I need to smoke some, smoke some weed. Get out of the woods, kids. Watch this movie. Don't be in the woods. I didn't love this movie. I don't think like if it was on TV. I, it seems like it's on TV all the time the last ten years, yeah. and I've just like kind of blown. Past I would it. not stop again for a long time. Yeah, like there's a bunch of movies on this list, that. like Karate Kid, Casino Royale. Um, I, I would say about half the movies that we've reviewed to this point. If it's on and I have nothing to do, like I'm probably going to stop and watch. I don't think I would do that with Pineapple Express for the reasons I've listed. Uh, I'm not going to give it as low of a score as some of the other ones. I'm going to give it a four. Like it was, I I respect. I think it falls right in. I respect what they were doing. It wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. There wasn't an iconic villain. Mm -hmm. And in fairness to the action movie genre, it was it was an action movie, but it was probably more of a stoner comedy with an action hook than it was like. Like when I think of Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop is a comedy too, but it's very clearly an action movie with a comedy hook. This is a comedy movie with an action hook, and so I have to dock it a little bit for that. It's still an action movie. And Murphy was great. And and the genre yeah, and the timeline of Beverly Hills Cop and the timeline of Pineapple Express, they there were two different avenues, right? Like you had you had Beverly Hills Cop starting the run of cop buddy cop films. Sure. Where Pineapple Express started this run of Judd Apatow stoner buddy, Seth Rogan, James Franco kind of people. Yeah, they're both different the, lanes. Let's pull up the Judd Apatow. Uh, they're both different lanes. It's, it's very, it's very, oh, impressive. Really good. It's very impressive. He's, he 
He makes good movies, man. He's a good Judd. Before we get to the Judd Apatow, the the Judd Power rankings. He's a good, yeah. So that gives it a 5.2 ranking, which, uh, and so from the bottom up, shoot him up. Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, Wanted, Rambo 3, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Air Force 1, which I still feel like is low. Uh, And then Pineapple Express is ahead of Air Force 1, just behind 48 Hours and Death Wish. So it's it's in the bottom third. Who didn't like Air Force 1? Did did we have one person definitively not? That was with John and Rami, I think, right? that was not with me. Because I I thought I gave it a pretty decent I gave it like a 9, and you guys sabotaged it. I don't know why I sabotaged it. I'd like to go back and find out. Like it did have it, look, it had some flaws, but it had some good stuff. Here's the Judd Apatow run, either as a director and or producer and or writer. It's pretty impressive. Heavyweights in 1995 with the the, the, with Ham from uh, Sandlot. Yep. Forty year old Virgin in 2005. Fun with Dick and Jane. Knocked up in 2007. Mm -hmm. Walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. I've never seen that. That one's okay. You don't mess with the Zohan and then Pineapple Express in 2008. Funny people, this is 40, Trainwreck, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, and The King of Staten Island. I, I, think, I think I might have seen Trainwreck. I can't see Amy that Schumer. Yeah, oh, like yeah, I did. Amy Schumer. I think yep. LeBron James might be in that he movie, was. too. Yep. LeBron's yep. in it. And yep. Bill Hader, yeah. Yep, I did see that one. In fact, actually, if I'm ranking the like the people in this movie that I like the most and would like see movies of, Bill Hader might be number one. Yeah, I, I love, love Bill Hader. He's really good. He's very good. Every movie he's in is Schumer? hilarious. Do you like her? I can't stand her. Really? Why? Small doses. She's the she's the essentially the female Seth Rogen Seth for Rogen. me. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'll see a movie once every five years and be good with it. I don't need to see like a run of six of them. The, oh, the, sure. Yeah. Her style of comedy has sprung like a, there's a lot of other female comedians who do her style of like vulgarness, and I love the vulgarness, but her style, of, I can't do it. Like, th- there's Ali Wong and Nikki Glazer and other people who do stuff just <laughs> Ali like her. Ali Wong, man. She, there, there's there's a lot of what good ones. What don't you like? She like just, what part about it? I, the way she delivers jokes, it just I, I don't really like it. I can't connect with her really well. Too crass or what? Yeah. I, I, but not, you like the crash. I, no, no, no. I, I like the vulgarness. It's just the way she delivers jokes and carries herself, it, it makes me, she irritates me. You, I don't know why. You don't like chubby people. No. That's what we've gotten no, to, Phil. No. He doesn't like chubby people. I look at I'll how small I am. Out, Most bye. women aren't as small as I am. <laughs> that's, that's not it at all. Uh, gentlemen, we have to pick our next movie for next Friday here. And so the way this works is we all throw out nominations, and then we, uh, we've we got a stash of listener nominations as well. And so we'll put some up for vote. Let's start with, I'm just pulling from the listener bin here. I believe this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger classic that Zach H. recommends. The Running Man is okay. going to be the listener recommendation. I don't think I've seen that one. Put some Arnold on there. Like it. Judd Zolgad. Okay, I'm going to stick with with the actor, but change my um, my potential film for next week because I'm going to stick with the catalog, the brilliant catalog of one Steven Seagal, one of the great thespians of our time. <laughs> and I'm going to switch this week my my ask in the nominations to Under Siege. Wow! So Under Siege. Under grabs here. Under siege is so, my nomination. Wasn't wasn't that on? Not that because we, we can repeat. It, it was last under, week. It was I think from. That's fine. Yeah. I think from the listeners. Got it. But okay. I'm going to. You can you can throw the same. Through. Hell, you can throw the same run. movie out every yeah, week. Yeah, it if didn't you want do to. well. Sure. It didn't do well. So I, no, well, it was second to this. It was only no no my um I I think that I put 
Above the Law, which was a Seagal film out there last week and didn't do well. Got it. So I think Under Siege was two. Yes. To Pineapple Express. Yes. So I'll just go with Stop Under Siege for you this know, week. You know, one thing we could do too uh, before we get to Declan and my recommendations for future weeks, if we all decide, you know what, we we need an Arnold movie next week. Like we could all just put up Arnold movies and have people. Like we right. could do, we could do yeah, categories like that at some point. But like for this, like Declan, it. go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna go with Death Race. In two, we, Death we, Race. We haven't done Death Race, have we? It's Jason Statham. And he plays a guy who I've I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't seen the start to finish. I don't think we've done a Jason Statham movie. Okay. So. Well, he, oh no, he wasn't Expendables. We did Expendables. That's true. Yep. But um, but he, he's the lead in this one. He gets sent to prison, and then he has to he earns his way out by competing in this like crazy death race with a bunch of prisoners. So love it. Death race. Love it. Um. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. I don't I don't think we've done the second movie or like we've we've done like Rambo three and Rocky four. But I don't think we've gone back to a series for the second bite of an apple. We have not. No. That's this is correct. Die Hard Two. Okay. Is my recommendation. All right. Or my nomination. So Die Hard Two, Under Siege, Death Race, Running Man, or Bruce Willis, Steven Seagal, <laughs> Jason Statham, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dude, that is that's a, great. That is a Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. Sarah so Connor. there it is. That's Action Movie Rewind. Mackie and Judd every Friday. Our first stoner action movie today. Um, and uh, we'll we'll do one of these four movies. Oh, the vote will be on my Twitter account, at Phil Mackey, so just check it out. You'll have all weekend to vote. Hello, friends, Mackey and Judd, and our friend Patrick Roycey, Patrick James Roycey at uh, Butler Cabin in Golden Valley, know, somewhere <laughs> by the Lunds. Uh, Pat, I feel like so. by the time people listen to this later in the day, it's possible that round two will be largely over. But after round one, I think the uh, I think the Masters groundskeepers have just said, I don't know. There's nothing we can do this week, guys. It's wet. You're all going to you're all going to fire darts at pins. And so you're going to shoot 25 under. Go get them, DJ. Yeah, I think that's probably it that they uh, once it got soaked like it did. Now, the weather's forecast isn't bad for the weekend. Right. So they Correct. will catch up eventually. They're not going to finish the second round today, though. No, way. no. Not with some of the times. What? Well, they aren't teeing off till. What's the official start of the second round? Is when later on, right? Yeah, I mean, so, like, like, like Tiger doesn't tee off until two thirty Eastern. Yeah, yeah, and it gets dark at five fifteen. So you know, you might play eleven holes if you're lucky. The same trouble that they've always had at Augusta is there's. On the back side, you get the crowded tee boxes for the, those, uh, you know, the two par fives that they always wait for the guys to clear the green. 13 and 15 are right back to each other. So everybody waits to for the, the other. Nobody hits their second shot until the green is cleared. And then so now you end up with two or three groups up on the uh, tee box on 13 and 15. And then you get to 16, and that's jammed up, too. So they, she slows down bad on the backside because of the length of the par five. So that's a, I'll give you that little hint as to why you wonder where you see groups sitting around gotcha. doing nothing. Now, with the uh, two tee boxes, maybe that's, that's, they've uh, eliminated a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, the scores are low, but it is, you know, uh, Kumbaya, basically for DeChambeau, right? Saying, ah, this is a par 67. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he, this guy, do you hear him? like first shot, he hits it in the woods in 13 and uh, can't find it. Uh, that's my favorite Augusta <laughs> moment. I've told you guys, uh, I've told you guys that before. Uh, the announcer from the, the, 
the British guy who was playing great and then started hitting it left all the time, won the British Open. What's it? You know, you know the guy. He's on TV. Uh, Justin Leonard? No, no, no. British. The Brit. The Brit. He won the British Open and uh, started hitting it left and was in the booth about five years later. And uh, God almighty. Paul Laurie? No. <laughs> 2015 years ago. Won the British Open. Ian Baker? Ian Baker fit. There you go. Yes. See, Judd's the Judd's the golf guy on the show. I'm a golf whisperer, boys. <laughs> Eon Baker Finch started hitting it left, and I was following him around, and it Deep was blast. an adventure when he'd gone to hell. And uh, <laughs> we were sitting. I was walking up along outside the ropes, waiting to see where his ball landed. And he hit it left, and it was across, over the creek and, uh, creek and into the deep into the forest, and. You know, these guys see each other every year. And this, this the guy at the guard, you know, the guy at the ropes, one of his buddies comes down and says, how you doing, Billy? And he says, I'm doing okay. And the other guy says, so he says to the guard, the guy, the guard on the ropes, he says, uh, who's that over there? He says, that's that Ian Baker Finch. He's a danger to wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> which was my favorite ever which was in my lead he's a danger to wild by the way Ian, ba- Ian Baker Finch is Australian technically but okay uh, yeah <laughs> come on you gotta, you gotta cross the water you down yeah. without technicalities subtitles for all of them basically <laughs> they still believe in the queen so okay on, all, on Bryson all. DeChambeau so have you guys heard so he did this interview you know the post round interview with Tom Rinaldi yesterday have you guys heard the way that he describes certain parts? So Rinaldi did the thing where, all right, uh, Bryson, we're gonna we're gonna show you some shots from your round, and we want you to talk us through them. And most normal guys would say, all right, well, what, what what happened on this putt? Well, it was a little bit of a, you know, most guys would say a little bit of a four or five inch breaker to the yeah. left there, and so I played it a, a cup and a half outside. Bryson said, well, we read it as a three percenter. Yeah, yeah, right. I actually heard that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the other one was, uh, all right, so Bryson, you bomb your drive on this par five and then uh, take us into your, your approach shot here. And most guys would say, yeah, wow, I uh, really got to hold that drive. Uh, only only an eight iron into the green uh, in this spot. And so, you know, a little, uh, little knockdown eight iron. Bryson says, we had it as a, uh, as a, as a 10 o'clock eight iron. Yeah. Meaning like, because oh, yeah. he's so scientific. Like, I, I'm assuming that means like 10 o'clock on his backswing or something, like a three quarters backswing. I gotta think his uh, his pomposity in describing the intricacies of golf drives his his rivals crazy. Yeah, he's a he's a a, a fill on steroids, maybe literally, but he's a, <laughs> you know as far as that. I mean, Phil drove a lot of people crazy that he played against because of the way he carried himself, and he was you know he gave me those long elaborate oper- uh, uh, observations. The main reason was he didn't really want to ask, he didn't want to answer straight questions, you know, so he'd go babbling onward and finally would give up. <laughs> but uh, that's one of the great myths of golf, by the way, is that uh, Phil was this beloved character and Tiger was, you know, the rivals didn't like him. Just the opposite. Everybody liked Tiger in the clubhouse. They couldn't stand Phil, which that. that I, I can't imagine I why, Pat. I mean, I Phil, Phil's got it. Phil's got it going, man. Phil missed a. Phil did the classic thing on eighteen early this morning, where you know he's uh, he's he's in the huge bunker, 
and he's got to play it out to the right because the pin was too close to uh, to the rough. And so he plays it out to the right, catches a slope, and rolls this ball down 20 feet, four feet from the from the hole, <laughs> and misses the four footer for par. But he's got it. He's got it four under par. He's four under par right now for the tournament. But what's it, as you say, it's going to take 20 to win. Uh, unless they get some wind, and I don't know if they're going to get wind or not, are they? So we've never, I mean, they're playing a completely different golf course yep. than they normally are. I'm sure the, you know, unless there's a storm in the area, the winds of uh, April are probably much more consistent there than they are in November, I would think. So, it, but they don't have any daylight is the other problem. So hopefully they won't lights. have a playoff on Sunday. Augusta needs Sunday lights, Pat. What? I, I said lights. Augusta needs lights. Light it up. Well, Nighttime golf. How about that? That 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 could be the case. <laughs> I I don't know how many. Uh, I didn't get the. I watched some of it, but I was across the room doing stuff yesterday. Did we? Were, were any any spectators visible? The members out there. Yes, uh, three noteworthy members were visible yesterday. Roger Goodell, Rob Manfred, and Peyton Manning were all following Tiger Woods around yesterday. Really, but besides mm-hmm. that, okay. there, there were a few. Smattered, but not much. Well, of those three, I'd put Peyton Manning number one on my list of guys I'd like to walk around a golf course with. So would Tiger, I'm sure. Goodell, who gives a crap? (laughs) Follow me around or don't, I don't care. Goodell, Goodell, for all his flaws, uh, probably is deserving of the $50 a year he's making for getting these dumbass players to agree to a 10-year contract yeah. like he did. I mean, uh, yeah. the fact that his union is a non-factor, unlike Manfred, who's got an arm wrestling match coming up in the middle of a pandemic uh, with his players, is uh, yeah, I, I'd say uh, Goodell has a much easier job right now. Hey, baseball-wise, tell me this, Patrick Royce. How on earth, and I know it was a 10th place vote, okay? I get that. How did anybody look at that ballot, though, and mark Eddie Rosario for anything that came close to an MVP? He got a 10th place vote from some guy, I guess, in Cleveland. Yeah, it Jeez. wasn't as bad as my buddy Rick. Oh, well, that was a mistake. Oh, you know, Rick, I I still email mine in, and Jack, you know, I voted for the Cy Young, the AL Cy Young, and, but I email him to Jack O'Connell. But now there's a there's a form where they want you to do it computerized and hit the button. And, and Rick was going to vote for Trey Turner, and he wound it up hitting the wrong line and voted for this Tapera guy. Who's a, <laughs> From the Cubs, what, reliever. Was he even on the Cubs postseason roster? I don't even know. It's great. And Rick, Rick I love Rick's quote at the end. He says, this is my story, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. <laughs> he did it. But I don't know who voted for Eddie. I, I haven't looked at the ballots. It wasn't me. I'm I, Well, I didn't have an MVP vote this time, so I'm innocent. It wasn't Eddie. But, uh, oh, I didn't think it was you. Know, you. I mean, you can I, – I know you get to the end of those ballots. I, last time I had the MVP, uh, I debated like 9 and 10. I had, I had Dozier on it for his good year. I had him about 8th, you know, the good year. It must have been 15 way back then. Mm-hmm. Was that when he had a good year and the Twins popped up? Uh, 17 and or I remember 15, going, yeah. I, I remember putting Sanchez 10th, uh, Gary Sanchez 10th over somebody else. And now every time I see Gary Sanchez play, I said, how the hell did I think he belonged to them? What happened to him? He's terrible. Yeah. Can't he's defensively awful defensively. Yeah. He's absolutely terrible. terrible. 
Dustin uh, Johnson, by the way, kind of melting down. He put one in the water here. He's now putting for bogey. He he'll be plus. He'll be minus eight if he if he makes this bogey putt. Uh, there it is. So I love man. The, the it's weird having the Masters in November, but it's great. Such and I were talking about this the other day, but the most amazing story in golf is Jordan Spieth. Yep. Yeah. What happened? He starts yesterday when he birdies number one, and I hear him saying, "Maybe you know," and he ended up two over or something. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess when you make when you make five twenty-five foot putts around, you can be pretty good, and when you three putt from twenty-five feet <laughs> three times. You're not as good. That's probably he also doesn't. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't hit it as far as some of the other guys too, oh, right? God, so no, I mean, he never did. He never did. But he, uh, you know, I think that distance has gotten greater now too. I mean, it's it, you know, while everybody else has added twenty yards and DeChambeau's added sixty, uh, I think Spieth has stayed the same. So that distance that he's behind everybody, well, you know. The difference between a 45-year-old Tiger Woods and a 25-year-old Tiger Woods is he used to hit it 25 yards further. Now they hit it 20 yards. Yeah. So is he, I mean, is he, is he, do you think he's just going to be one of those guys that, wow, you know, because it happens in golf where a guy will pop up for four years and he's amazing. And then all of a sudden he's in the broadcast booth. Yeah, well, David Duvall, Mm all-timer. David Duvall, who's the best player in the world, David Duvall or Tiger? Yeah. Five years later, Duvall's in the booth and Tiger's winning eight events yeah. out of the ten he plays in. So It's amazing. It's, it is an amazing thing that uh, you have your runs. And I think the golfers, the Webb Simpsons of the world, you know, are smart enough after a while to know I'm playing really good. I'm going to get out there every week because ten weeks from now, I'm not going to be playing yeah. really good. I better get out there when I can and make make money. And they they get on these runs when they're good players. I mean, Simpson's been more consistent than that, but he's, you know, all of a sudden he's one of the best players in the world, and it's been that way for most of this year. So yeah, it's uh, it it is a weird sport in that way. I know we're a few days out, uh, but for the Monday night game, we're not going to talk to you on this show until after. But your thoughts on Vikings Bears in a few nights here? Vikings win. I don't believe the Soldier Field jinx applies to this uh, Bears team, and I also don't believe it applies when there's nobody in the ballpark. I, I think those, I really do think fans have an impact on performance and teams, you know, blowing games and winning, you know, kind of not getting her done in the big in the big crowded area. I think the home field advantage in the NFL is gone from what five points to i think you're exactly zero. right pat yeah i think it's zero i think it's zero i i think actually going into last night's game i believe that the road teams had a better record than the home teams yeah it's just, it so i think you're exactly right yeah it doesn't make any difference and you know one advantage might be uh you know i don't know are they i suppose teams home teams are still staying in hotels and stuff like that but you know, you, you Friday you you fly in and uh, you fly in Sunday. I think your concentration level as a road team might be better. I don't I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it is, but it plus all sports have taken on an incredible unpredictability. I mean, who's you know? I think the Gophers will beat Iowa on Friday, and because I don't think I was that good. And the Gophers, you know, they popped up and played pretty good last week. And a lot of people say, 
Well, Iowa kicked the hell out of Michigan State, and Michigan State beat Michigan. And <laughs> Crazy the league? The Gophers look terrible against Michigan, and uh, I don't think it's that complex. I think every week, I think in sports right now, every week stands alone because uh, it's just it's just weird. Yeah, Pat, the, the Gophers, it comes down to one thing. What children's book is PJ going to read the team pre-kickoff? That's the only thing that... You're never going to let me forget that. No, because it's too much fun to hear you melt down when I talk about the great book. (laughs) Everybody poops. I don't have that good of a meltdown in me. I'm uh, I'm in the crowded Star Tribune office right now. Me and Kent Youngblood are here as far as I've seen. He got a nice scoop today, Pat. To the uh, women's... uh, On Zoom through uh, Youngblood, I've gotten to listen to the women's Big Ten basketball media day uh, thing going on. And you know what hasn't changed? Hmm. Women's sports. we got to be so polite when we ask questions. It's, it's still, it still hasn't changed. Why know? don't you hop on and ask a couple tough questions? Well, stop answering because I wouldn't know who the coach is. But uh, Brenda, I saw Brenda there. and uh, But... Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that it, 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 it's not. You got to ask tough questions. Bottom line, but you don't have to precede it with a laudatory remark on what great people you're talking. Pat, to why don't you I'm hop saying. on and ask Lindsey Whalen about her 14 and 22 conference record in the first? So year. you're <laughs> so you're saying treat her like Zim. Why the hell are you 14 and 22? You were supposed to be a good coach. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I got could. you. I got you. I hear you. Yeah, you could ask that. I guess. I see uh, Lindsay uh, had uh, Lindsay's uh, giving up her number 13, I guess. That might have been a political move. I don't know, because they gave up Rachel Bantam's number one. So they figure that Lindsay's got to make hers available if somebody wants it. Is this go- going to be to one player in particular, or are we going to try and rotate the 13 around? No, I think How if we somebody do this? wants it, they can. I think if somebody wants it, they can have it. So, so what's the point then? I don't know. It, it's in the rafters. Think, what, are, what are the odds of? basketball being played here by the way on with these non-conference games you think we're going to get pushed back again i see well, the ivy leagues ivy league said the hell with it they're not going to have a season the ivy league canceled i love it like when the when the smartest most <laughs> academic leaders in college sports twice have now said we're, we're good on actually three times because last spring they did it too and everyone else is like ah whatever it's just harvard who cares <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should follow their lead. My guess is the NBA uh, trying to start on December 22nd without a no. bubble is going to get pushed back, too. But we'll see. We're not exactly well, going in the right direction with the uh, COVID charts that I've seen the last week. I think the, uh, but I think we're going to see any day now the in, uh, incoming administration and the outcoming administration get together and come up with a real plan to battle this thing don't you i think they're gonna all oh, i agree i think, oh, yeah. I, think I think they're really close to starting to work together great, make this the great country that it is by uh, all of us we're all working together we really are it's, uh, it's, it's gonna turn kumbaya on tuesday i can sense it pat yep yeah i think so we're gonna we're gonna decide we have uh we have uh more in common what well, don't we always say we have more in common than we yeah. Against each other. That might have been wrong, actually, yeah. though. In, in <laughs> retrospect, yeah, have, I don't think we, we did. That one up. I think we that we were too optimistic back then. <laughs> we have less in common than we thought. You know what I want to be able to do again? That's just all I really care about. I want to be able to go to a movie. I got to tell you. My, Amen. All right. Amen. I, I, I got to give you this one. Last night, 
Tennessee is playing Indianapolis. I'm scrolling through the TV and I just can't make myself care. I can't watch. And there's nothing else. I ended and I'm not watching the Masters replay. I don't watch replays. I ended up watching a four-part series on an Argentinian murder mystery. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Sound you. Like, you I, sound like I, Dawn I, now. I went through it a little bit, but I about midnight I said, God almighty, it's come to this. Yep. Watching an Argentine. You guys, murder. you guys right and your that. how I killed my husband. You know, and then after four series, they didn't tell us who did it. I got to tell you that. Don't watch it. They don't. Wait. Tell you so what's the point? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I guess. So what's the point of doing it? They don't care. What do you mean? Well, he didn't know that they weren't going to unveil it. He got through the four. And- no, 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 no. I'm saying why don't if they're not going to tell you, then bleep them. They shouldn't do it. Apparently, I want to know. Pretty big, pretty big stuff in Argentina. That's what I got. That's what four I got parts, to though. That's a lot of investment, Pat. Four parts? That's a lot of investment on yeah, your part. Yeah, I fast forwarded a lot when the, you know, I, I, you know, when they got some people babbling about their history and stuff, I fast forwarded to when they were actually talking about the crime. Speaking of films, Phil, you, you need to tell your hottest take of today's show. You need to tell Patrick. I feel like we've done. Pat I, I don't care. I want to hear it. Pat and I used to have a segment called Unpopular Opinions back in the day. You need to get this out. And I know this has come up before. So, I, listen, this is just my opinion. I think Big Lebowski is one of the most overrated movies of all time. Well, I would disagree with that. <laughs> I told him, Pat, I said, Phil, you have put us in jeopardy because Lebowski fans will find us now. That's fine. And they'll yeah. they'll get me, Declan need, Whenever I need a smile, I think about uh, Lebowski's first meeting with Bonnie, and I get a smile. So you got to admit, his meeting with Bunny when she was out getting some sun was uh, pretty good. <laughs> sure. Plus, Walter Sobchak is one of the greatest guys of all time. Yep. Walter is Walter might be Goodman should have won some award for that. We can bring we but, can bring unpopular you know, opinions I've had back with Pat. Tell me, Blazing Saddles is overrated too, and now you can't even see it without getting a warning. I'm very offended <laughs> by the entire film. Yeah. Feel like that oh, one yes. that one doesn't translate well to 2020 film, culture, though. but here we are. All right. So, uh, all right, Pat, you have a good weekend watching uh, Murder Mysteries, and we'll talk to you next week. Golf's tonight. Uh, they beat the Hawkeyes, and then uh, then we'll get to read something cute next week. So, okay, awesome. All right, see you, Pat. All right, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judge. <laughs> he did that just to take the shot at the Star Tribune. <laughs> All right, we got to go. We'll uh, we'll oh, talk to God. you guys. We'll talk to you guys on Monday, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens uh, over the weekend with my guy Tiger Woods too. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for forty or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of thirty five dollars or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.